this time. Chance time. That was a lot closer. That's yeah, okay. I tried. I tried harder that time. <laughs> All right. Hello and welcome everyone to Chance Time, another video game podcast similar to other video game podcasts that you probably listen to. Uh, but better because today with me I have Ryan Speakman. I'm sick, so I sound bad. <laughs> and <laughs> Curtis Lowe. I'm sorry you're sick, Ryan. That's okay. Yeah, I appreciate the sentiments. Uh, also, I guess I should mention my name is Paul Bill, so I don't think I said that. But if you're a longtime listener, you knew that already. Um, what is this? Episode 37, 38? Where I think it's on? 39. 39. I will double check that while you uh, continue to speak. <laughs> Just saying that we've we've come a long way great to still still be still be going and we've got another great show for you today uh but before we get to the main topic of the show we must get to as always presented by president of video games mike struckerberg <laughs> first one thing first <laughs> um, uh by the way yeah. it is 39 39 i don't think that's wow. a significant number in particular but it is I mean, a lot. It's a fairly large number, though. Yeah, that's that's good. We're we're looking down the barrel at fifty. We'll get there soon. That's our goal, Ish. right? Yeah. To determine if we're going to keep doing this or not. <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely going to keep doing it. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. It's been determined. <laughs> we even need to if, figure out. Even if it's just Paul monologuing, it will keep going. <laughs> we'll continue forever. <laughs> Uh, need to figure out how we celebrate 50 when we get there if you have any ideas you can email us at chance time podcast at gmail.com how we should celebrate episode 50 uh does anyone have a one thing we didn't talk about this before <laughs> who wants to go first do we ever talk about it before we sometimes like mentioned like i have a i have a good one today or something but all right i uh, i'll go Okay, Ryan. Ryan's up. I I know we always do this, so I'm going to ask for permission. <laughs> uh, just in case you guys object. I have two things to say today. Only two? That's... <laughs> Are you sure you can't get a third one in there? <laughs> I probably could, but I'm not going to. Two is great. Go for two. <laughs> okay, really quick. Maybe not that quick. Last week, uh, I had talked about a movie that I had mentioned in passing, and Paul Bills said, I can't wait for your review next week, so I did watch it. <laughs> I watched Willy's Wonderland, the feature film starring Nicolas Cage oh, in yeah. a <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's knockoff type of thing. <laughs> and let me tell you, I would not recommend this movie to anybody, but I'm so glad I watched this movie because I do not know how it exists, but it is insane. Uh, it's basically Five Nights at Freddy's, but what if you had a man who didn't care that scary things were happening to him and just immediately solved all the problems with violence? I, it is such a weird movie, 
because it is just like Nicolas Cage, like a, <laughs> a monster coming up to him and then him just looking at the monster and beating it to a pulp. That's pretty much the whole movie. But it <laughs> is interconnected. How long is it? It's like a, an hour and a half. Um, That's not bad. Yeah, it's unrated, so there are many inappropriate things happening in it. So just be warned about that. But uh, my favorite parts were, of course, when uh, Nicolas Cage, uh, who is referred to as the janitor, by the way, he uh, gets breaks here and there and his watch will go off to signify he's getting a break and it doesn't matter what is happening in the movie he is leaving to drink an energy drink and play some pinball and this happens about four or five times in the movies the first time he discovers the pinball machine and kind of like cleans it off and then each time he takes a break his uh, pinball experience gets a little more intimate where by the end, there's an entire like dance sequence where he's like dancing and playing pinball. Do you guys believe this is real as I'm saying this? <laughs> Only because it's Nicolas Cage. It a hundred percent is real. <laughs> there's like some lore sprinkled in and there's these kids who, go to try to save him because there's this whole ploy with the town uh, making a deal with these like serial killers who made a deal with the devil to inhabit these robot bodies to not get sent to jail. And the town makes a deal with them to uh, sacrifice weird drifters. And so they hire, they, I don't know. They have this whole ploy where they make them run over these nails and then they get their car fixed at this place that only accepts cash, but doesn't have an ATM machine and tells them that they can work off their time at this, uh, haunted Chuck E. Cheese type place. But yeah, it's, uh, wow. It, they, they sprinkle that lore in, but it's mostly a silent Nicholas cage beating up robots and playing pinball. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage really just, he lives by his own set of rules. He lives outside the system and he just does whatever he wants. It truly is. And another weird thing is it's a B horror movie with no budget. So there's like a lot of no name actors in it. And Nicholas Cage mm. is the only recognizable face in it. But yeah. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I, but I would very much. If they made a sequel to this, I would very much be interested in it because while it was a terrible movie, I was laughing the entire time at just like how ridiculous it was. And even the fight scenes were like a guy like a a gorilla comes after him in the bathroom and he defeats him by plunging his face and then like kicking him into a urinal. But, like, a big part of it was the plunging in the face. <laughs> so, like a literal toilet plunger? Yeah, like he takes a plunger and just plunges him in the face. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. Thank you, Nicolas Cage. You've done so much for society. What a movie. 
Um, but enough about that. My real one thing is I've been secretly making significant progress in a game I don't know if I've talked about or maybe have mentioned in passing. Uh, but every once in a while, my buddy Jonah will come over and every once in a while I'll play with other people, but mostly Jonah and I have been kind of like working to 100% this game. Sackboy's Big Adventure. Uh, and finally, we did everything in the levels and beat the final boss. And it wasn't too difficult as you'd expect. It's like pretty straightforward. Like each level has uh, a thing you have to unlock where you beat the level without dying. Some of those took longer than, than we expected. But for the most part, it was kind of like, we're going to sit down and we'll beat this eventually. Then, like, the last couple levels, there are a few secrets that were a little more obtuse. Where, like, we played through the level, like, five times and we're like, we cannot find these blowing glue or these glowing blue orbs. And, like, we've tried everything. And then, like, we're like, okay, we're going to look it up because... We've searched every nook and cranny in this thing, and to find out they were, like, secrets that you've never had to, like, it never taught you to do this. So it was, like, <laughs> go through this entire level without hitting, without touching an entire enemy, and then this thing will randomly appear. But that was only, like, a couple of the things. And so we were, like, okay, whatever. That's weird that it, like, didn't really point to this. Or there was another one where we had to throw an unbreakable box next to this, like, prize machine that kind of spins around and you either get, like, some of the collectibles or you can hit the bad one and it explodes. But we didn't really put two and two together that they wanted us to throw an unbreakable box next to it and get the bad one so it exploded, it exploded next to it. And that was like something that never happened before either. So it was kind of not like connecting in our minds when we looked it up. We're like, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. Then cut to the final world, like the bonus world with like the things. And man, they ramp up that dig the difficulty from like zero to a hundred. <laughs> and so now what seemed like an easy platinum is a little daunting because I I played one of the levels by myself just to see how it was and it seems way way harder than the other levels um, but they still will be a little doable but there's one final thing that really like hits the nail in the coffin of me being worried that I will not get the platinum uh, because a lot of the trophies aren't even connected to, like, doing everything in the levels. So, like, there's tons of collectibles, but, like, there's tons of costumes, but you only have to get 300 costume pieces to get the trophy. And there's, like, a lot more than that. Or there's, like, the blo the glowing blue orbs that you have to collect. If you get every single one, that unlocks more levels, but you don't have to get that as, like, part of a trophy. But there is one trophy um, where they have a bunch of time trial levels. And they're all about like 30 seconds to a minute. 
and you have to get the gold in a bunch to get more of the the orbs. Um, but there's about 15 or 16. I can't remember how many there are. But once you've beaten all of those, you unlock the ultimate uh, Knitted Night Trial, is what it's called. And the level is called the Rip Snorter. And what it is, is every single time trial rolled into one level. And one of the trophies is get a gold on this, which is beating it under 10 minutes, which you also only have one life to do so. I have been doing a lot of the time trial levels without my friend Jonah because it's harder with two players. But this one I've I've played a lot of times in the past couple days. And you get halfway through the level to like the six minute mark and you die. And you're like, I have to sit through six minutes of this again to just yeah. go through and hope I beat it under 10 minutes and mm -hmm. I could beat it, but I might not beat it under 10 minutes and then I'll have to do it again. No level should be 10 minutes is my point. <laughs> and That's it really is long. quite the feat. And it's like a little like disheartening because it's just, it's definitely one of the trophies required for the platinum and it does not seem worth it. Interesting. I wonder, like, what the philosophy is there. They're like, well, we got to give something to the hardcore people. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I could see a lot of board meetings where they're like, yeah, this will be the ultimate one, and only the true players will be able to do this or something, but I don't but know. It's Sony in general, the trend has been going toward more reasonable platinums. Yeah. Like a lot of first party Sony games now, like the platinum is is not that big of a commitment. Like beyond just finishing the game and being a little thorough. I mean Yeah. Like most most of my platinums are PlayStation first party games like God of War and Ghost of Tsushima and Horizon. So that's weird that Backboy, of all things, kind of goes against that trend. It has a weirdly hard platinum. Well, what's even weirder to me is this whole time I'm like, we're going to we're going to do this. Like it sets up the expectation of like, oh, yeah, I could do right. all this pretty easily. But you don't unlock this till the very end. And so like and Jonah and I have gone pretty hard in like we haven't really been progressing farther in the game until we've 100% completed the level. Right. Which wasn't necessary for the Platinum, but it was really fun. Like, <laughs> all that being said, like, it's a really fun game. And, like, I think it is basically just, like, some good Mario levels and, like, different settings. But the difference is I feel like Mario while it does ramp up in difficulty in the secret levels, like I feel like it's a little more gradual right. where you like are kind of learning like different mechanics you use in a di or like different strategies. I don't know. It just seems like the levels get gradually more difficult. And then it's like compared to the first level, the last secret level in Mario is insane. But right. this one was kind of like, 
everything is easy until these last few levels and this last trial. Makes you wonder if there was just one designer that was like, let me at him. Like, <laughs> no, it's a kid's game. And finally, like, okay, okay, Brian, we can do one of your levels. <laughs> <laughs> I will try a lot more, though. And uh, we'll see if I do it. But I could see myself getting to a breaking point. It's not going to stop me yet, though. Exciting. <laughs> the epic conclusion in some later episode of this show. <laughs> yeah. Will I give up or will I do it and be mad? <laughs> will you give up and be sad? I think I, I, I will be sad, but I'll be happier in the long term. <laughs> <laughs> incredible all right is that a conclusion of yeah Ryan's that's all, one things? all right curtis what do you got for us so i finally got my playstation unpacked um i haven't really gotten to play it too much in the move and everything but i finally got it out um it's just hooked up to my computer monitor because we don't really have TVs completely set up yet. And I also don't know where I want my PlayStation to be set up. And also we're finishing our basement. So maybe I want it down there. I don't know yet. That's still being decided, but I still wanted to play it. So I have that set up. Um, and I've been playing, trying to get through Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I'm starting to wonder how much I'd really like this game as much as I do if I didn't have the nostalgia for the original. Mm. Have you guys played this at all? No. The remake? I have not played either the remake or the pre-make. The pre-make? Yeah. The before times? Yeah. <laughs> have you, Paul? No. Yeah. I want to talk to someone who never played the original. Just because there's some parts where you're just like walking and solving really simple puzzles. You're like, oh, this gate is closed. What are we going to do? We can push this block over this, this big container over there and go around. And so you do that and that's it. Like <laughs> sometimes it's just like, this isn't like really that engaging, but it's so much fun for me to see these characters in a new light and, you know, really expand it on. So I'm still enjoying it, but in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm just walking and listening to them talk. And that's about it, you know? Like, I don't know. So I'm trying to decide how much I'd really like this game if I didn't have that nostalgia. Because some parts are great. I just got to the Airbuster fight and did that. Um, for anyone who played the original or this one, probably know what I'm talking about. Um, I don't know, that's a weird name for a robot to begin with, Airbuster. Um, but it was a really cool boss fight, and I really enjoyed it. Like, some of the fights in this game are pretty cool and just a ton of fun. And then that's immediately followed up with just, like, walking and talking. It's not even, like, you picking dialogue choices or anything, you know? You're just walking, and then they're making comments on 
crossing this pipe above this street. And I'm like, oh, I'll go first. Okay, Mr. Soldier. And you're like, all right, cool, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how I feel about it because I'm really, it's, this is the first time you really, like, really get to talk to Aerith much. Um, and she first joins your party, so that was really exciting. But it really was just a bunch of walking and fighting really weak monsters that just kept dying in like a few hits. I can only think I was, I don't think I'm over leveled or anything. They just seemed really weak for some reason. So I don't know. Mm. Yeah. I want to I talk to someone who never played the original, though, just to see their take on it. I do plan on playing it's, this it's at some point. So when that happens, mm-hmm. I'll let you know, but it will probably be when there's a, a hot sale. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Because, I mean, like, it starts the very beginning of this game. The opening sequence is, like, nuts. I loved it so much. I was so pumped when I was playing through that. And then you get to, like, the slums and the town and stuff, and then you're just kind of, like, just hanging out. Like, killing some monsters for the townsfolk because they can't defend themselves enough and stuff like that and you're like okay this is cool i guess you know so i don't know it's interesting how it's paced and it's also interesting how it's laid out because it feels very just go down this hallway kind of design you know Hmm. like there's only one way forward in a lot of sequences so you just go that way and like this one part i'm a little annoyed because i found some materia it's a stuff that you equip on your character so they can do th- certain magics or they get ability stuff, you know, abilities, maybe some extra HP or MP or whatever. And it was behind this, it was in this room. I could see it inside the room, but I couldn't get into it. And it was like in this whole event, I'm trying to explain it without giving much away. Um, I guess I can say I was in a church and this room was blocked off. No. And I thought, okay, well, that's there. And with everything that's currently going on in the situation, maybe I can get through this segment and then go back into the church right after and get it. Because <clears throat> I found this treasure chest on the other side of the church that I could get to. So maybe, I don't know. And so no matter where I looked, I couldn't find, find a way into the room. And cloud for some reason you can't like run <laughs> he's just walking super slow <laughs> so i tried a few times to find a way into this little tiny room and it was just agonizing because he was just walking so slow and i'm like you know what screw it i'm sure i can come back and find a way and and you know i'm sure i can get back in there and i got to the point where everything died down everything was calm and i was like great, I'm just going to head back to this ladder and climb down the ladder and get the thing. And I couldn't climb down the ladder. And now, and then I was just annoyed. And I was like, okay, I guess I just have to keep going regardless. It's just weird because sometimes it feels like it's just pushing you forward and you don't have any choice besides to just walk. And a lot of times it is just walking. And there's not much else going on besides you look around at pretty things or listen to the characters talk to each other. So... It's interesting because it's, from my perspective, it's really fun to see these characters interact in this way, you know, mm-hmm. and see more of their personality shine through, where it's just not just 
Legos with text boxes talking to each other anymore. Um, but if I didn't have that background, you know, if I didn't have that perspective, I'm not sure if I'd be as into it as I am. That being said, I don't think it's bad, you know. Because if it was like full throttle constantly with these cool boss fights, like 24-7, you know, it wouldn't, it, it'd get a little old. So it's kind of like a roller coaster, you know, you got to enjoy the lows to really, you know, go through the lows to really enjoy the contrast of the highs kind of thing, you know. So I think it's smart, but I don't know. <clears throat> I'd just be interested to get another opinion on that from someone who hasn't played the original, as I said, like three times already. <laughs> I'll do my best to find someone. <clears throat> okay, cool, thanks. <laughs> if you are that someone, you can email at soundpodcast.gmail.com. You guys are so good at that. Yes. <laughs> For reals, though. Seriously, if you've played this game and you never played the original, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on it. And Legit, please email me. <laughs> If there's literally no one, I will be that person one day. <laughs> one day. Ryan will make a burner email account. And email us <laughs> anonymously. <laughs> oh, and then a second thing, just because we do that now. Um, I've been reading books lately, and I'm on the 11th book of the Wheel of Time series. And it's getting really good. It's just now getting but good. You're that's the also a thing I want someone. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's <laughs> it's I mean, getting even better. Is that what you meant? It's getting it's getting even better. It did. It does really get slow in the middle of that series. Books like seven, eight, and nine are a bit of a slog. But yeah, I'd also be interested to talk to someone who's read all these books. How many are there total? I believe there are 12 plus a novel that's like a prologue to the whole series. And all of them are like huge, right? Yeah, I think the one I just started is about 900 pages. Yeah. The 10th one was like 850 something, I think. There was one time... I don't know. I feel, I feel like a madman reading all these books. <laughs> I'm so far into the series at this point that it feels really dumb to just stop. I have to finish it now. Uh, going off the joke of it's getting good at the 11th book, I did have someone legitimately <laughs> tell me once they were recommending Adventure Time to me, and they said, just... Uh, just don't even watch like the first like most of the seasons just watch the last two and i was like what's the point of recommending me a show if most of it is bad <laughs> and i still haven't watched adventure yeah, time i haven't watched it but people like so it. many long-running things you know now, I'm actually, I, I just assumed you would have watched Adventure Time, Ryan. I'm actually surprised you have not watched it. Here, here's my thing. It seems like a show I would like, and then the clips I've seen, it seems like it's from that era where the majority of the humor is just the fact the characters say bro and dude a lot. 
<laughs> the golden age. Yeah, yeah, but like golden age. I I haven't watched anything that like has hooked me in it, but I I could see myself liking it just from like the aesthetic if I watched enough. Right. Yeah, that's. I guess it's mostly just the aesthetic. I would have assumed you would have wandered into it at some point. Yeah. Maybe one day I will. There's a. You know, it's the same artist. Um, I'm trying to remember what it's called. There's this. They did a series on YouTube. I think. I have seen some of those. I know exactly Earth's, what you're talking about. Is it Earth's, Earth's Mightiest Heroes? I don't remember. Mm, that's like the in one space or something? Yeah. And going with Catbug, though. Yeah, that's the one and I Lady know. Ladybug Cat. What's that called? Uh, I know she screams Mabeka a lot. Yeah, what is it? Seeing clips of that, and I remember thinking it was hilarious. Bravest Warriors. That is what it's called. Uh-oh. I have temporarily lost Curtis and Paul. This is happening more often. Uh, I can hear you. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Yeah, I hear you guys. Okay, okay Curtis is back. Okay. Was I gone? Yeah, you were. Oh, weird. Uh, maybe Paul was too, because I it was a long silence for me. Ah, we, just, we just have long silences. It's just a thing we do. Okay, our famous long silences. <laughs> what everyone wants in a podcast. Uh, yes. Did you respond to it being called "Bravest Warriors," Curtis? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I kind of want to go back and watch, like watch them because I remember seeing clips of it and thinking it's hilarious. Yeah, I remember it being pretty funny. I don't remember much of it either, so I don't know. Well, I think this is a great transition to hear what Paul Bills has to say. <laughs> uh, I'm only gonna do one one thing. I'm gonna be radical. Should we just call it Mike Struckerberg's things? <laughs> Mike Struckerberg's <laughs> favorite things is probably what we should call it. Or should uh, we? Do we have to keep every word that we've said about it before, and then just keep adding on to it? Especially this podcast would just be three hours of introducing this one segment. Yeah, first things uh, first. Uh, one thing, but it might be multiple things. <laughs> Sponsored by Mike Struckerberg. Yeah. President of video games. Ship of Theseus. But my one thing is uh, you are officially in the presence, virtually, of a one percenter. Wow. Meaning. You made it. In Beatstar, <laughs> I am officially in the top. One percent in America. <laughs> wow, feels good. <laughs> okay, congratulations. I'm opening it up right now. I knew exactly what you meant when you said that. Actually, of course you did. Um, I do want to make a comparison of 
like are your so what is that is there like a lot of people playing because the top person has 11,321,407 points yep and you paul bills have 6,811,421 points yeah so i think they just got nominated for like google plays game of the year award okay and I think that brought in a huge influx of players because I was top 7%. And then next time I checked it, I was top 1%. And I had only played like, <laughs> one new song. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes, I did go from, I don't know even how much percent, but I am currently at 8%, which I do not think that's deserved. You're the top 8%? I am. Wow, yeah, they must have got a ton of new players. And I only have 2,289,643 that or yeah, you know what I meant. I'm I have yeah. basically 2 million points, 2.2 million. Curtis, it looks like you're in the top 62%. I'm looking at your profile hey, right now. I played this like 3 times, so I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, I'm now up to uh, 74 diamonds. Uh, and I will also point out that, let's see if this is still true. Yeah, the person in 18th place overall in America only has 69 diamonds, and I have 74. So if I just dumped in a bunch of money and got a bunch of songs i feel like i legitimately could be at the top 20 <laughs> at this point why aren't you doing that paul yeah it's a good question <laughs> i want to see you and i want to see you when i look at the top 50 at least or top uh, however it goes to 200 it goes to 200 yeah on this top list but even so how does this work so number one is 186 diamonds number three has 186 diamonds yeah, so it's total score is what matters. So it's just the total score of all your songs added together. So if you click in Vertigo Music, who's number one in the in the U.S. right now, uh, not only do they have 186 diamonds, they have 42 perfect scores, which is just bonkers. So perfect score is what I thought Diamond was. It's you have to hit every single note exactly perfect plus. And I thought that was weird I, that there's a perfect plus. Yeah. Well, it's just so you feel better about yourself. <laughs> yeah. um, or more frustrated when you miss yeah. like three of them. You, yeah. But like, I, I have zero perfect scores. And I don't think I've even, like, I guess I'm technically close. Like, I, I have some songs where I only had like seven perfects and everything else was perfect plus. But it just feels so different to go from seven perfects to zero perfects, all perfect plus. Like, yeah. So that's why. Um, that's why. So it's not just the medals; it's the actual total score. So if you have more like perfect scores, um, like the person in second place has four perfect scores, and the person in third place only has one perfect score. Interesting. But basically, what I feel like it really comes down to is how many songs you have. Yeah. So for sure, there's 186 songs in the game right now because everyone in the top six 
if you add up the totals of the medals they have, it all adds up exactly to 186. So that's all the songs in the game. That makes sense then. Yeah. But I, to to the credit of this game, I don't immediately think the people at the top are just cheating. Most mobile games, when they have like a a regional or global leaderboard, if I open it up and just immediately everyone has like nine 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 nine, and it's just like okay, so they're just cheating somehow. I do hate but that. But this game, that yeah, this game does not seem to be the case. Real quick, let's give a shout out to all the uh, top players: Vertigo <laughs> Music, Dalton, Swifty McQuick, <laughs> Foggy Beats, Skivvy, Alec, Tim Legend. Thorsey. You guys can stop me whenever you want. Borb. Jagmaster. I just really like Swifty McQuick. <laughs> They're great. That's, top 10. That's the top 10 right there. Tim yeah. Legend. What a legend. <laughs> Hold on. I want to get to number 12. So we're going to go two more. <laughs> Death Life 23. Kid Darkness. Kid right. Darkness. Kid Darkness. Kid Darkness. If you're listening to this, we believe in you. You can crack the top 10. Go for it. Okay, darkness. I do want to just make a comment real quick. My one first place was immediately overtaken by when I assume Paul Bills got the song. <laughs> Feel Good Ink by the Gorillas or by Gorillas. Uh, yeah, I got that today and got Diamond on like my third try, which blew my mind because that's a hard song and I don't have that many hard diamonds. Yes, I can't get past four stars on it. And so I was like, the minute Paul gets this, he's going to beat it. <laughs> and I was right. Yeah. And uh, Sam Driggs, friend of the show, um, he also, he messaged me. I don't think he's playing this anymore, but back when I first mentioned it, he downloaded it and he got pretty into it for a while. He also said he couldn't get through that song. So when I got it, I was like, here it is. Like the song I've heard is like really hard. And then I got the diamond and I was like, well, what happened? So just too good. Yeah, I guess. Just in the top one percent. Yeah. More needs it's to just, be said. It's just different in the top one percent, you know. A little bit <laughs> different. All right, Paul. I want you in the top two hundred at least. <laughs> I mean, but even oh that's what I was gonna say. Even the people like even the person in two hundredth place, I think, is above ten billion. So, like, uh, I, I'm just going to have to keep grinding for songs. I don't know. Just dump one paycheck into this game. <laughs> one paycheck? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I you know, like $2. Just, just don't tell my family who, you know, depend on that paycheck for food and lodging. It's fine. Do you want to Venmo us for Paul's quest to break the top 200? Venmo us at Chance Time Podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Should we start a Patreon? Let's do it. Specifically for this, yes. Just for this. The beat star tier. <laughs> Where nothing happens except you help Paul get to top 200. <laughs> you support the quest. We have no content for you. You just support the quest. I mean... If your family asks where the money went, just tell them two words. One percent. One percent. 
They'll know. Top 200. <laughs> that works too. Don't act like this doesn't matter. <laughs> But uh, still loving it. I'm not going to stop anytime soon. So maybe I will just naturally free to play style crack that 200. I'm excited. I do not think they will win Google Play Game of the Year, though. They're up against Pokemon Unite, Wild Rift, Crash Bandicoot. Just way, way bigger names. I don't think they'll win. But I'm glad they got nominated. Yeah, that's cool. I'm just trying to figure out how many of these gems even need to unlock all the songs. <laughs> and it's just, it's too much math. It's 149 instead of, why not make it like 150? You know, just round it out, man. <laughs> 149 for a song. Oh, but the boxes refresh every so often, refresh in nine hours. Right. And. Usually every day, you just a, buy them all. Usually every day, there's some kind of deal where, like, for ten bucks, you get three or four songs and a bunch of gems. So probably if you did that, you could cut down so on some of that. Ten dollars, you get five songs and three hundred gems. So you could get seven songs for ten dollars there. Yeah. Well, how how many songs do you have right now, Paul? Well, that's a good question. I have. Oh, I actually have 119. Oh, easy then. So you need <laughs> 67 more songs. So, so that's 67 divided by 7. Divided by... Wow. I'm not good at math. So. 67 divided by 7 is 9.57. So that's... That's still like a hundred bucks then, because that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because okay, that's a ten dollar so deal. You said sixty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh yeah, you're right. So if you get sixty-seven and seven, ah, okay, hold on. This is so probably the most thrilling content we've for made. Ten dollars. <laughs> So that's what? <laughs> seven divided by ten. We're bad so at what, it. Is it seventy cents per song? If you cents. get that, if you get that box, I don't think you could. I think I don't think that you could just do it by straight buying those boxes. All right. So if we do, if we equate a song at one forty nine gems, yeah, that's nine thousand nine hundred eighty three gems. <laughs> Yeah, and a hundred bucks okay. is seven thousand eight hundred gems. So it's more than a hundred bucks. What? <laughs> That's crazy. But I bet I bet Vertigo Music has paid something like that. Probably. But probably if you're just playing and opening boxes, that would be cheaper. So there's probably a strategy to do it with less money than that. If you're just like playing furiously and then just using the gems to open boxes faster, that's probably cheaper than just straight buying the songs. What else do you do with the gems? Nothing. Well, you can buy the featured song, you can open a box, or you can open 
one of your earned boxes faster. So you can just wait for the earned box to open, or you can use the gem to open it immediately. All right. I'm not going to make us talk about BeatStar for too much longer, but I do have one more question. Okay. So there are obviously more songs that people can't unlock because the highest level players are at 13, but you can get to level 16. Uh, oh, they all say more songs added soon, I guess. so. Yeah, so like that's just saying they're planning on getting to 16, I think. Got it, got it, got it. Because, yeah, everything after 13 just says more songs added soon. All right, that's it. That was my question. There you go, Beatstar. Would you be, would you feel safe telling people your screen name on it <laughs> so they can see your progress? I don't see what they could do to me. If, like, if... Now you might get too many friend requests. So many friend requests. It'd be a nuisance. Uh, <laughs> if you if you want to check it out and follow the path it's just pobbles number one that, that's that's who i am he was number one and that's p-o-b-b-l-e-s not paul Bills. yeah yeah, yeah. p-o-b-b-l-e-s number one um this is probably the mobile game in which i have the most friends in history as well i actually have uh, let me let me look. Is this the complete list? Yes, I have five friends in this app, but I almost never <laughs> have even one friend in a mobile game. Wow! So exciting. Uh, I was expecting at least double digits. Nope. Five. <laughs> <laughs> But after this episode, it's going to skyrocket. Too many. I guess people in the 1% don't always have too many friends. <laughs> no. People just, <laughs> you know, people just beg you for money, you know? Yeah. All right, there you go. I just dropped my microphone, so that's what that noise was, everyone. <laughs> Well, what a great way to conclude Mike Schreckberg's <laughs> favorite things with a, with a literal mic drop. We should uh, start time, like seeing how long we can get before we get to the topic because we have reached 47 minutes already. Wow. <laughs> Are you serious? Uh, yeah. Well, let's uh, dive into the topic here at the 40 bit of art. Uh Today we're talking... It was important, though. We had to get through all of that. It was. Uh, Today we're talking about your personal rules for gaming. Or alternatively, can you cheat at a single-player game? That is the topic for today. (laughs) And and I will open it with with that question. Uh, Curtis and Ryan... Do you think it's possible to truly cheat in a single player game? 
Uh, I think <laughs> it is possible to cheat in okay. a single single player game. Uh, but for me personally, it's not as much cheating as for some reason having arbitrary restrictions on myself that I feel guilty if I break them. Where do you think that guilt comes from? Mm. Like, did someone tell you when you were a kid, like, don't do that, that's cheating? Or is it just like your own personal pride of, I want to know I did it the right way? I think it's right I, I think it's a lot of pride in there. But I I also do think that like a way the way that I want to experience video games sometimes like let's just say like if I buy a game and I look at a walkthrough minute by minute of what I'm supposed to do why would why did I even buy that game? I'm basically just experiencing someone telling me what to do to progress in the game. And maybe if it's got a good story, that's like fine. But it kind of takes away from the experience for me. And then I'm like, well, why did I play this if I couldn't figure out anything by myself? At that point, you might as well just watch a playthrough on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But don't games mostly tell you what you need to know already? Mm, no. Like, Not always. It depends on the game. <laughs> yeah, it definitely depends on the game. Sometimes there's games that have waypoints telling you exactly where to go. <laughs> That's right. The games have nothing like that at all. Other games you just run left to right. Other games that look very similar to those games, you'll get lost in. You have to figure it out on your own. Yeah, that's true. Games that look similar could have very different approaches to to how much information they give you. Uh, Curtis, I will turn this this question to you. Do you think it is possible to cheat in a single-player game? Yes. Because okay. there's cheat codes in some games. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I guess yeah, follow-up question That's I guess is both of you. <laughs> what what counts as cheating? So you both said yes. So tell me some things that are cheating in a single player game. I think Curtis hit it pretty well with using a cheat code. I don't know if those are really a thing anymore though. Yeah, I guess not. But is that the only way? Are there other ways to cheat? Well, real quick, an example of a cheat code that I used to use, or just cheat codes, a game I used to use cheat codes in, I should say it was the old Age of Empires game, because sometimes as a kid I wouldn't have patience for it, so I thought, oh, I'll just type in Lumberjack or whatever <laughs> the cheat code was and get a ton of wood so I can build whatever I wanted, or if I really wanted to go nuts, I'd do the whatever cheat code it was, the pepperoni pizza? Yeah, that's for like the food. About the food? Yeah. What was the one for all the like sports cars with cannons? Big Daddy. <laughs> I'll never forget Big Daddy and Photon Man. 
I don't remember Photon Man. Photon Man was the little, like, white spaceman who had, like, a a laser gun. Great yeah, times. I used to cheat at that game sometimes just because, I don't know, it was more fun sometimes to break the rules than it was to follow the rules and figure it out, you know? Well, and on this topic, sometimes the game does want you to do that. like. So the Sims 4, I don't remember if it's like in game in the tutorial or on the website, but somewhere when I first got the Sims 4 and I was looking around, it actually said, like some official literature said, not only are there cheats in this game, you're encouraged to use them if that's how you want to play. But I thought it was really interesting that they took the time to like explicitly state, here are the cheats, we'll just give them to you. And go ahead and use them. We don't care. And basically, it was the Sims way of having a like a, a um, Fortnite or Minecraft creative mode, where they're like, you can play it for the challenge, or you can play it just to mess around. And if you want to, you know, they don't have an explicit creative mode in The Sims Four. At least they didn't at the time. But basically, the way to activate the creative mode was to just put in cheats. Um, that is really interesting because yeah. I had original The Sims mm-hmm. and that was how I found joy in that game was right. giving myself unlimited money <laughs> and then making houses I wasn't really as invested in like controlling the players lives and stuff like that as much as I was like right. I want money to make cool houses. And so I wonder if that like evolved over time where people were like, oh yeah, people, some people just like that creative mode. Right. Well, and, and you know, cheat codes are on purpose. So actually cheat codes to me are like a weird gray area where it's like the developers put there, put that there and they're very aware it's there. Like, I guess some cheat codes are like an accidental dev mode that was left in. But most of the time, like all the ones we've been mentioning, those are like on purpose and exposed to the to the player for the fun of it. Um, so it's almost like, a yeah, I, I guess it's almost like a different mode, like in Age of Empires and stuff. All the art, a lot of RTSs back in the day had these kind of cheat codes. I think it was just because it was like, well, sometimes you just want to mess around. And it almost is like you're you're switching modes from the challenge to the creative or just like the toy box mode. Um, and I don't know, like, could you use those things in the campaigns? I actually don't know. Yeah, you could. I don't. You could. I think so you could like, Age of Empires, at least. Yeah, the yeah. first one, at least. I, I anyway, don't remember like, it very well, though. I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. So that is like, it is cheating, quote unquote, but it's like, but they put it in there and they know it's there and they made it work. The so It's just kind of like, it's up to you to decide that, how you play. Yeah. And like playing games in a particular way that feels like, like the, the word is cheesing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the extent that a lot of these games are play tested. Um, for example, 
in Bloodborne in the first area, so this isn't too much of a spoiler, but if you really don't want to hear about this giant pig, spoiler alert, um, <clears throat> but there's a certain point in the first area of Bloodborne where there's a giant pig. You can see it down like the sewer, down this tunnel, and you know if you go at it, it's just going to charge down a tunnel, and it's going to be really hard to avoid it, just it running you over because there's like no room in this tunnel. The pig's huge. Um, but if you're patient enough, you can actually find a route around it and eventually you'll go up and around down a ladder and then there'll be a door that goes right into that spot in the sewer tunnel where the pig is. And the pig's right there and you can hit it and it can't fit through the door. So you can just walk up to it, hit it, back up it'll try to hit you but can't get through the door <laughs> so you just let it do that <laughs> then you walk back up to it hit it back up again and then just repeat until it dies uh, i feel like it could have easily made that doorway bigger so the pig can't actually get through there and kill you but they didn't you know i'm sure that was play tested i'm sure that play testers in the development of bloodborne Someone found this little doorway to cheese this pig and just kill it without being in any real danger. And they probably just left it in because they thought, whatever, you know, if you're cure if you're clever enough to figure it out or patient enough, then good on you. I don't know, is that's considered cheating? I feel like some people probably would consider it cheating just because you just took the whole challenge out of that enemy, you know? But I agree with you. That has to have been left in intentionally. They have to have known that that was possible. And they were like, well, this is just a reward for people who are slow and explore better. And sometimes, I don't know, it's not like every enemy in that game is designed that way, too. Not every enemy can be cheesed to that extent where you can just kill it without eating. Right chance of it hitting you. Um, so it's not like you can completely play the game that way. There's just, every once in a while, there's a small instance like that where, oh, this enemy doesn't fit through this doorway, so I'm just going to hit it through the doorway and it can't do anything about it kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So later in the game, in fact, another one of those pigs shows up. It's not in a tunnel. It's in an open courtyard, if I remember right. I <laughs> don't know actually where it came from. I just remember stepping out of a building and then getting bum-rushed by, by another giant pig, and then I ran away. <laughs> I haven't been back there yet. <laughs> well, awesome. I'm really glad you brought up Bloodborne, because the whole From Software series, whatever we call it, Soulsborne, um, souls like games, they have a lot soft of this. Souls. What'd you say? Soft souls, soft souls, <laughs> soft souls. Uh, they have <laughs> they bring up this debate a lot about what, what counts as really playing the game and what counts as cheating. And it would just be an injustice to not bring up what has become quite the meme um, around Sekiro, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. Uh, 
So there's a PC Gamer article in 2019 with the headline, I beat Sekiro's final boss with cheats and I feel fine. And it was kind of this person's reaction to the extreme difficulty of these games. They just, I think it was some external mod that just made it easier. And they used that and they they beat the final boss and they said, I feel fine. And then on Twitter, and now infamous response, some just random person on Twitter. I don't, I don't think that I like, have any affiliation with anything. Um, this Barry, I think, is the username. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he, or they—I don't know—said this in response to this PC gamer article: "You cheated not only the game but yourself. You didn't grow. You didn't improve. You took a shortcut and gained nothing. You experienced a hollow victory. Nothing was risked and nothing was gained. It's sad that you don't know the difference." <laughs> so <laughs> this is someone who clearly thinks that they cheated and that really matters yeah um so so this brings me to kind of two questions one have you ever or would you ever use in some kind of external mod to alter a game to make it easier or i guess more to your taste so you could finish it. I personally would not. Okay. What about you, Curtis? I wouldn't solely because that's extra work that I have to go through. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> if it's in the game, yeah, maybe. I played through, like, did I play through... Like most of uh, Horizon Zero Dawn on easy mode, because early on a lot of the fights with the robots just felt like they were just dragging on, and they started to feel tedious. So I just bumped the difficulty down, so I didn't feel like I was wasting my time. Okay, so this this is my my second. Well, I can't remember now. There's another question I wanted to talk about. <laughs> um, is lowering difficulty settings cheating quote-unquote or if the difficulty setting is supported officially by the game does it count the same to beat it on any difficulty level uh it's a tough tough one for me because for me personally i've i've talked about this before yes i i cannot bring myself to put it on easy i'm a normal man and I feel like I deserve normal difficulty. I do not deserve hard. But I think it depends. Like, I could see the argument for, like, wanting to just experience the story and, like, just kind of get through the, the game quickly. But then you get to the argument as well that Curtis brought up. Well, why not just watch a YouTube playthrough if you just want the story, but you maybe you want to experience a little bit of the gameplay or kind of see what's going on. I don't know, but I... I feel like... I want the standard experience, at least. Which I, I feel like, for the most part, is how the developer intended their art piece to be experienced. And so I kind of want to see what it's all about but 
don't know. That might not be true. Maybe they didn't want me to experience it on normal mode. <laughs> yeah. So, and then is that your main motivation for going on normal? Because it feels like this, this is what they built it for. And the others are variations. Um, I think that's a little bit of it, but I also like, I feel like I've played video games enough to think that I can beat most things on standard difficulty. Right. Okay. And I, I do kind of feel like, I don't know. It's similar to one, one instance where I did put it on easy difficulty scarred me for life. Uh, where me and it was either my friend Nick or my friend Kevin we decided we were going to finally beat Super, or not Super, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time, for Super Nintendo. And we got to Shredder, and we just couldn't. I believe this was my friend Nick. We got to Shredder, and we made it to the final fight with Shredder, and we could not beat it. It was the like one of the hardest things to do and we were like well maybe let's uh let's see how we do on easy we uh we beat it on easy and essentially the game told us you really didn't beat this try doing it on a harder difficulty oh man (laughs) the sass and i was like well what was even the point of that they just made fun of me for playing on easy mode (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is particularly weird. Like, why develop it and support it if you're just going to, like, put down the people who choose it? That's not a good look. (laughs) I'm going to see if I I can can find it real quick, but keep going. Well, I was going to say, I think it was Contra 4, the one they made for your DS. Um, I never beat that game because normal difficulty was just, it felt so hard and just almost unfair at points. Where you just get shot and it's like, where was I supposed to dodge? Like, there wasn't any room on this screen that's full of bullets for me to avoid getting shot, you know? And Contra, it's like one hit, you're dead. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to play it on easy. And I played it on easy. It was great. I had fun. It was still, you know, it was still hard enough that I feel like I was getting fun out of it still. But, you know. So I played it, having a great time, enjoying all the power reps, Contra's cool, and you get to the, a certain level. And then I'm pretty sure, if I remember this right, it straight up says you have to play this on normal to play this level. And it straight up gatekeeps you <laughs> from wow. continuing the game. That's <laughs> I, I hope I'm remembering this right. I remember getting to that point and being like, are you serious? And I don't know if I ever went back and played it again, because I was like, that's just dumb that the game won't let me keep playing just because I'm not on normal difficulty. Yeah. Wow. I can't imagine just dying over and over and over again, just playing the same few levels over and over and over again just to get to that point on just to be able to keep playing and then just die over and over and over again, you know, I don't know, but I remember being pretty frustrated about that. 
have to look into that. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. But that's really interesting. I remember being like, Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, By the way, I couldn't find it, but I did find out to get the good ending, you have to beat it on hard mode, not just normal mode. Wow, that is super interesting. Um, This reminds me that when I started up Age of Empires 4 and started the first campaign, I can't remember what they labeled the difficulty, but like the mid, the middle difficulty, or it might even be the one just below middle, it explicitly says like, this is the intended experience. Um, so I immediately picked it because I was like, okay, well, like I want the intended experience. <laughs> like I want what it was most tuned for, you know? Yeah. I want what had the most attention. Um, so, so for me, whenever it does explicitly <clears throat> label, like this is this is what we built it for, or like this is the intended experience. Uh, I usually go for that one because I do want like okay I want to like I want this game at its at where where the most attention was given. Um, that being said, God of War twenty eighteen the difficulty names are like really funny, and the highest one says "Give me God of War," which I guess implies that that's like the intended experience, but it's the highest difficulty, and that game was pretty hard, so I I I did not do that one. <laughs> <laughs> I did the equivalent of normal, whatever that is. <laughs> I'm like you, Ryan. I almost do. I do almost everything on just normal. Yeah. Um, if I like something enough, I will do the hard mode after. Yeah. But I always want to start with normal. Uh, I I normally stick with normal too. I just, I've brought up the Horizon Zero Dawn thing a couple times just because it felt like I was straight up avoiding fights because it felt so long and tedious and just not difficult per se, but just, yeah, just long. Like I didn't respect my time. So that's why I turned the difficulty down to easy because I was like, if I'm going to get through this game at like what feels like a good pace to me, these sh- fights need to be a little bit shorter. That I remember a lot of the fights with the bigger robots, even on easy, still felt like it was a huge process, you know? Mm-hmm. And But that felt good because, well, they were huge robots. <laughs> right. You know, like the Thunderbirds or the, is that what it's called? The Thunderbird or the Thunderjaw? There's a really big bird one. There's a really big dinosaur one. And those were always like huge epic fights. I felt like I always had to prepare for, lay down traps, you know, find weak spots. Um, early on in the game on normal difficulty, I felt like even just the um, more normal-sized robots still took forever to take down. And I was just like, I don't want to deal with it. I'm just going to sneak around them instead. And that never felt good to me, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is <clears throat> it's, I'd rather experience a game on easy rather than tr- playing a game on normal and getting frustrated and dropping it and never coming back to it. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. And when I was playing Horizon Zero Dawn, my exact thought was, man, some of these fights are really hard and really long. And I think the proper response to that is, let me just put it on easy. 
but that like, of course is too hard for me and so i ruined my life over that <laughs> <laughs> well another thing that i think about in terms of difficulty and whatnot um I guess this is kind of going back to your question about mods, Paul. Um, mm -hmm. But we touched on this in our emulation episode last week. But save states are also really great for a lot of games. Because yeah. sometimes it just feels like I don't want to avoid doing the hard thing. I just, don't want to, I just want to avoid all the time spent getting to the hard thing over and over and over again as I keep yeah, trying, yeah, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where, for me, safe states are super nice. And that's just kind of a personal thing, how you want to use them. I never wanted to, like, spam it where, like, oh, this is a hard jump. I'm going to save state, save here, jump over it. Okay, I did it. Save again so I don't have to do that again kind of a thing, you know. I'm thinking more like <clears throat> like an earthbound. Um, remember towards the end, there's a lot of really tough enemies on a longer section there's not really a lot of save points if i remember right no it's been like 10 years since i played that game um but i use save states through that so i wouldn't have to go through like 30 minutes of tough fights over and over again because i didn't quite make it you know maybe that's an exaggeration it's been a long time since i played that but that's how i got through earthbound is just using save states like that i didn't have to keep trudging through you know just just trying to respect my time a little bit more Honestly, that's why I think a lot of people don't like Dark Souls and stuff a lot. Isn't because of how hard the boss fights are sometimes. Um, it's getting to the boss fight to try it again. You, know, you have to spend right. five minutes just to get to the boss fight again. And then you die. And then you get up. And then you gotta walk another five minutes to get to the boss fight again. And this just gets tedious after a while, especially if it's a hard fight you're, you're struggling with. You brought up something, Curtis, that I, I did want to touch on. You mentioned uh, using the save states made it worth your time to do uh, Earthbound. And I, I do think that what some people consider like not truly experience the, the game or like cheating or whatnot. Yeah. I think it the, these things become more excusable for the modern adult gamer. Where they want to play everything and they don't have time to play everything. And so I think trying to squeeze like multiple playthroughs of games within like a couple weeks, like allows makes it so you don't want to kind of waste your time with the, the annoying stuff in games. And so I think maybe for someone who has limited game um like lim limited income for games and isn't like getting a lot of games spend a lot more time and don't really have to worry about like moving on to the next thing they can like take time to experience the game how it was intended but when you start wanting to experience experiencing like more games and have more income for like buying a lot more stuff i think you get to a part where you get stuck and you're like okay i i'm gonna look this up so i can move <laughs> on and finish the game so i can get on to the next game that i have that i want to play 
<laughs> and so, sorry, oh. go ahead. Well, I'm going to move on. So you you say your thing first. Um, just another thing I remember now thinking about making another game just easier, not easier to play, but just. Um, I didn't feel like I was wasting my time as much. Was Final Fantasy XII? I played that one on the Switch. The it's called the Zodiac Age. It's just a remaster essentially, um, but they added some features like this, and one of them was the fast forward button. And I it's, I basically played that entire game on fast forward, like, the entire thing, <laughs> <laughs> which felt great honestly. Because sometimes like go into town to get some new quests or hunts or get new gear and you end up just walking around a pretty big map to get to the different stores and stuff you want to get to with so much it's so nice to be able to just fast forward to get there because it's not like you're doing anything difficult it's just it sometimes feels tedious and the fights in that game as well if you get i don't know if you guys have played final fantasy 12 at all but quick explainer how it works um they have a gambit system, which is essentially just a series of if-then statements um, for the programmers out there. So if you see a, f a flying enemy, you know, you can set a gambit to say, if enemy is flying, use fire. Um, because if you have a sword, you can't hit the flying enemy. So then you can cast magic and hit them that way instead. So it's just stuff like that. If ally falls below 30% health, use cure, and they'll immediately cure any ally who falls below that threshold um so if you set all these gambits up well um you essentially the game will almost play itself and you just kind of watch it and monitor it and make sure it's working well which sounds weird i think it sounds um, awesome it's once you get like a system going it's really satisfying and especially playing on fast forward mode because a lot of times I didn't play all the fights in fast forward mode, like boss fights and stuff. I wouldn't sometimes, um, but just going through areas of the game where you're trying to find a target for your hunt, which is you're just trying to find a big monster you're supposed to kill. Um, you just need to get through all the smaller enemies on the way. You can just fast forward and your party will just bust out their weapons, kill stuff really quick for you, and you can just keep going and you don't have to stress about it. And that made that game honestly really fun. And it's not even like I played it really quick and was done with it. I still think I put like 40 or 50 hours into that game. And it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, that's cool. I guess what I'm trying to say with this is like those kinds of options um, are really, I think, beneficial. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, like if I hand my favorite game to somebody, um, I'd like them to be able to experience it in a way that they enjoy it. It would feel weird for me to hand someone, I guess we'll use Dark Souls again as an example, um, hand them Dark Souls and then be like, no, you can't use Pyromancy because it's too OP. It'll make too many fights way too easy kind of thing. Or you can't use Sorcery for the same reason kind of thing, you know. Um, if they want to use it that way and they think it's fun, like, there's no reason that they shouldn't. If they want to use save states to get through a game and enjoy the game that way and see what it has to offer, I don't see any reason that they shouldn't, you know. I'd rather have them, like this goes the same way for any art medium, I feel like. If I want someone to watch a cool movie and they say, yeah, I'll pull it up on my phone sometime when I get the chance. Like, 
it's hard for me to be like, no, that's not the way you're supposed to experience it. You know, um, the only people I feel like who can have that opinion are the people who create the game. Because, I don't know, it's more personal for them, so it makes sense for them to feel like, you know, like all the movies coming out now, like, they're all saying, you gotta see it in theaters, that's the way it was meant to be seen, kind of a thing. Which, fair, it's the best way to see it, you know? But I'd also rather have more people experience something like that, regardless of how they can do it. I'd prefer more people would go to a theater, but if they're gonna watch it at home, that's fine too, you know? I think of it anyway. So, should From Software games have difficulty settings? Um, That's a trap. You don't have to answer that if you don't want. <laughs> do you want my? Maybe this is a hot take. Um, I almost think. I just think from software could improve the difficulty on their games a bit in certain ways, like having checkpoints up like way closer to boss rooms kind of a thing, you know, or being a little more uh, transparent about how certain systems work in their games. It's like, have I told you the story about when I was playing Dark Souls and I got stuck and I realized I could upgrade my weapons? No. Um, I got all the way up to Ornstein and Smell. How do you say that guy's name? Which a lot of people consider to be like the, one of the hardest boss fights in Dark Souls. Um, there's one huge guy with a giant hammer and then another guy with a huge spear, and they both come at you at the same time, and it's really hard. Long um, story short, I got to that point and getting my butt kicked couldn't figure out why um <clears throat> i was wearing really heavy armor because it was the best armor like that would give me the best defense but i was really slow in it so i was having a hard time avoiding attacks and stuff um and i don't know how many hours i was in dark souls at this point but i was just having a really hard time and then i realized uh, there's a blacksmith right outside that boss room actually I went and talked to him, and somehow I realized you can upgrade weapons. You have, like, different ores and stuff. And if you give it to the blacksmith, they'll upgrade it, upgrade your stuff so it just has better stats. And I had no idea this was the case. <coughs> so then I had all of these resources to upgrade all of my stuff. <clears throat> so then I had way better armor that was lighter but still, like, good armor. And my sword was doing way more damage, and I could actually maneuver and dodge. And suddenly, that boss fight was way easier. <laughs> nice. So, like stuff like that, I was like, I kind of wish I had known this earlier because I was, I had kind of struggled to get up to that point. You know, like a lot of people probably would have just, like, I wouldn't have blamed anyone for being like, this is kind of ridiculous how hard this game's getting. You know. But that's what it's if, for. It's to weed out the the people. I, they don't want to sell more are, copies. If I had known earlier, I feel like I probably could have enjoyed it more, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? It does make for a fun story, though. Sure. Well, I am... I There's a lot of Elden Ring previews out. And from what I'm gathering, they have made some 
some similar changes to what you're suggesting to Elden Ring. It'll be really interesting to see if nice. Elden Ring breaks more into the mainstream. I don't know. I guess Dark Souls is mainstream, but if Elden it's Ring brings in, yeah, if Elden Ring brings in a wider audience, I guess. And if it can do so without betraying its hardest core fans, like the hardcore from soft people, uh, be interesting to see how they they pull that off, uh, or where it falls in that balance. Um, I guess I just get annoyed when difficulty boils down to just spending a lot of time doing the same thing over and over again. That's when it starts yeah. to bug me a little bit, when it doesn't feel like I'm using my time well in a game. Right. We're looking at you, Uncharted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so <laughs> we've talked a lot about time. And I wanted to get to one other thing, uh, one other aspect of this. A lot of games now, especially single-player games, well, I guess multiplayer games too, sell things like um, what Assassin's Creed calls quote-unquote time savers. So this is a microtransaction or some kind of DLC purchase that gives you extra items or extra currency or extra experience um, or put things on the map for you. Uh, so these are officially supported by the creators, but at a price. And I'm assuming all of us, like, well, I guess I'll ask. I'm assuming none of us buy these things. Like, we don't pay extra for these things, <laughs> generally, if ever. Am I right in that assumption? I have a story I for you. Did buy, did buy the... Oh no, we're both like all that. I'll tell mine really quick because mine's really fast. Um, when I did Google's, we weren't calling it Stadia yet, but their like preview, their tests for their streaming, uh -huh. yeah, streaming yeah. stuff. Um, they had Assassin's Creed Odyssey on there, and since I was a part of it and I played it, they gave me a copy of Assassin's Creed Odyssey for free for PC. Along with ten dollars of of currency, whatever currency, yeah. And I was looking at the store, and I was like, I don't care about any of this cosmetic stuff. And the like experience boost seems like the most useful thing here to spend these free ten dollars that I can't spend on anything else. So I did that. That's it. That's um, a little different, though. But okay, mm -hmm. you go for it. I wouldn't have spent my own ten dollars on that. Yeah. Yeah, and mine is is a similar thing where I bought the uh, Forza Horizon Four Ultimate Edition, which came with their version of like the currency multiplier. And I bought the Ultimate Edition because one, it was on sale. Two, it had the DLCs included, and I think it was the Deluxe Edition didn't have. It might have had the DLCs, but the Ultimate Edition had, like, more exclusive cars. And so I just have the pass, whatever it's called, right. included. And my twist of the story is I think it's great. <laughs> like, for some... But I think that's a different game for me. 
where I'm not as invested. And so like trying out different cars is kind of fun. And so getting to experience those cars faster than normal is kind of nice. Yeah. So that was going to be my follow-up question is how does this affect the game experience when games do stuff like that? Like, does it, do you fear it makes the base game worse or should like, if it does make it better, should they just include it in the base game? Should they just cut down? Like should EXP requirements just be cut in half rather than selling a, a double XP? How does this affect games in your mind? Positive or negative or both? I think it's pretty negative, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously a way to make a a quick buck. Right. Because they just basically say either you buy this or you grind to get it. Yeah, which is especially interesting to me. It's like we know you might not want to do all the stuff that in this thing we sold you. It's such a weird position of like, I guess it's kind of like first class on a plane. It's like, oh, we know you're going to buy it, but would you pay extra to make it more convenient? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, what do you think, Curtis? It's just, yeah. It feels dirty because it feels like they're just locking options behind a paywall. Right. That's weird. The video yeah. game. Like, it sounds like they're like, I don't know. It's like they're making, yeah, just like a difficulty option. Let's put it, let's make people pay $10 for an easier difficulty. (laughs) Yeah, like, that's so weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, using that one as an example, I'm assuming Valhalla is the same way. Mm -hmm. I haven't played that one at all, but... Um, like that's a huge game, like it's giant, and uh, like I have no desire to play any new Assassin's Creed games because of just how huge they are, and seeing them lock an experience booster behind ten extra dollars feels really bad. Like I might actually p- play that game if the experience booster was just like oh it's just an option like imagine if you just went to the, the difficulty options and they had this in-depth menu of like damage multiplier multiplier or oh there's the experience one instead of just the regular rate you get 1.5 now seems uh, perfectly fine to me so I do think, yeah, I, I'm just Googling to um, confirm this, but Assassin's Creed Valhalla does have a little bit of that where the difficulty is not one setting, it's multiple settings. You can change like the exploration difficulty, the combat difficulty, and at least one other thing, I can't remember, like stealth difficulty maybe. Um, so I think that's an interesting angle as well but like multiple I think categories that's super cool and settings of like yeah so wait you know like if you want to make your game more accessible or 
just more enjoyable to different people, especially a really big game like that where there's lots of different things you can be doing. Say someone's playing the game and they're like, I really, really, really love exploring this cool world you built, but I don't like being slowed down by all the combat in it. I mean, that's essentially how I felt about Horizon Zero Dawn. That's why I bumped it down to easy, you know? Right. Um, if I had been able to go into Horizon Zero Dawn and say, see, oh, here's a slider for like the machine combat difficulty. I would have mm-hmm. bumped that down and left like human enemy difficulty at the same level. Interesting, yeah. yeah. Like that would have been great for my my preference, you know. Um, Celeste was also a game that had lots of cool options like that too, just to make the game more just accessible to people or you know, the creator, I'm pretty sure it says like this is the intended way for you to play this game, but feel free to play the game how you want here's some options for you if you want extra dashes or you know they had all kinds right. of difficulty. yeah they did um, just toggles and whatnot in celeste which is really cool which just makes the game more open to people of different skill levels because that game's also very difficult right it seems like this is a trend and i hope it is a trend and i hope it keeps going because i think it's great Um, so I don't want to like commandeer the discussion, but I might. Are you still there, Paul? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just waiting. I'm just, you know, we really want to know what you have to say. What could this be? Um, I kind of predicted this would be how the conversation went of just like yeah play the game how you want it's great Uh you bought the game you could do whatever you want there should be more accessibility blah 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 all that good stuff what i'm interested in though i want to know your guys's personal gaming restrictions you've put on yourself just like what can you not do that just seems like a step too far like what weird rules do you guys have do you guys have anything off the top of your head that you could think of? Uh, I I will not use. Well, I try not to use a guide. Like I try not to Google things, unless unless I feel like the achievement is dumb. like like if i could argue in my head that this is stupid and you're wasting my time then then i feel no remorse but like so like i have this little like debate in my head with the designers of like like are you making this fun for me or is this dub and if i genuinely feel like they're trying to make it fun for me i try extra hard to not cheat quote unquote like i i will play along if i feel like you're being nice to me i guess (laughs) um i i have a similar one with walkthroughs where my rule is my general rule at least is no walkthroughs until i've beaten the main story 
Mm, okay. And then I can look at good as like as many stuff as I want to like see secrets I missed or like extra stuff I can can go do. Um or like if it's Pokemon, like I can look at where each Pokemon is and try to complete the Pokedex or something like that. Um but if I get stuck in a game and I I spend a little time exploring but if it, there's not much to explore, then I'm like, all right, I'm going to look up this part because I don't want to waste time. And I did that a few times with Metroid Dread because I was just like, all right, I've shot missiles in a bunch of places. I've like looked in this thing and I'm clearly trapped in this small area. I'm just going to look it up. And then sure enough, it would be oh, you shot missiles all over here, but you didn't hit this one square. Drove me I want to know exactly what part this happened in. There were a couple parts where it happened in. I do not remember, though. I don't know how, but I got through that entire game without ever really getting lost once. That's awesome. And I, I don't know why. I feel like I was just going along like, oh, there's an elevator. And then I go in the elevator and get to a new area. I'm like, ah, do I want to be here? Or I'll just go, keep going. And I just, that's kind of how I play the game. Yeah. And I'm ready to the final boss. And I don't know how I didn't get lost ever. I feel like I can't tell if I'm just lucky. You're true. I think it's because I'm good. True gamer, Curtis. True gamer. Top one I mean, percent of Metro try. Dread. It just happened. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, sometimes I will be very lenient on my walkthrough rules, though. <laughs> uh, I had a recent yeah. experience that I would like to share. Uh, fan of the show, Sam Driggs. I've never met you, but you might be hurt by what <laughs> I'm about to say. <laughs> Uh, Kingdom Hearts. Mm. I have looked up a walkthrough several times already, and I've barely gotten that far in the game. But a lot of it is because I am playing the game, and I'm like, I don't understand what I'm doing wrong, <laughs> but I keep dying. And like, I'm like, I must be like, I must not know like how to like do it. And so I'll look it up and they're like, do this and this. And I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm doing that, but I'm dying so much. And then <laughs> I'll like do it over and over again and keep dying. And I look it up again and I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch a video of how this person is doing it. Cause I feel like I'm, I have no idea what I'm doing wrong. And then I watch the video and they're just, it doesn't look like they're doing anything different than I am, <laughs> but they're winning. <laughs> interesting and i'm like i remember a boss fight towards the end of the first kingdom hearts i felt like that i remember when i was i don't know how old i was like 12 when i was playing that i just feel like i feel like i'm doing it right but i'm just not like timing my button press quite right so it doesn't work out i don't know yeah <laughs> it's weird that's how i felt the entire game so far <laughs> And so the other I, place I always got lost in was Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Something about mushrooms and getting small or big or something to go across mushrooms. I don't remember. Yeah. I just remember being frustrated by it. I think with older games, I'm more liberal with 
looking up walkthroughs because some of them like i remember in donkey kong country there's a secret you can get where you jump through vines with thorns on them it might be donkey kong country too but the whole game teaches you not to touch the thorns and sure enough one of the secrets is just jumping randomly through some thorns that you can somehow get through <laughs> yeah and like that's the kind of stuff that's that like frustrating i'll yeah. never figure yeah. out there's a in Link's awakening i think the remake one that they did on switch is that Link's awakening yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, there's a particular door that you need to get through, and I never could figure out how to get through it. And it turns out you throw a pot at it. <laughs> and I've played my fair share of Zelda games. I've never been able to break a door or a wall or anything like that with just a pot. I remember being really frustrated. That is really frustrating. Uh, had to throw a pot at a door and he even had a picture of a pot on the door so i then i felt stupid <laughs> <laughs> i was like i have never thrown a pot at a door to open it. and the door looks like it's like straight up stone like it's rock you know so i'm like how is throwing this ceramic pot at a rock wall essentially gonna break open a door but that's what you gotta do and that's the only time we ever did that in that game yeah, I feel like old games kind of have those patterns of, like, we just want you to try every single possible thing until you get it. Yeah, like, the only way I could have figured out to throw a pot at a door is if I got mad, picked up a pot, and be like, screw you, door, and then it just opened. <laughs> that wouldn't have felt good. I would just be like, ah, oh, of course, whatever. I'm sure that's <laughs> like, happened in real life. satisfied. <laughs> right? Yeah. Someone couldn't figure out how to open like a window or something, and they're like, "Screw you, window!" Threw <laughs> a pot at it. <laughs> of course, the pot, the rock didn't work, but the pot did. <laughs> the bomb didn't work. I remember bombing the wall and being like, or bombing the door. I'm like, I, I don't know how to open it. Bomb can't open this door, but a, a small ceramic pot can. <laughs> Uh, do you guys have any weird rules anymore? Well, yeah, I'm I'm trying hard to think. Like, I can't think of any rule that I would keep across like every game. I like every, everything I think of. I'm like, yeah, but I would bend that. <laughs> yeah, there's one rule for Fire Emblem. I haven't played Fire Emblem in a long time. I didn't play Three Houses, but if I played Three Houses, I would follow this rule again because I have to. But because um, in old games, permadeath was just a thing; it wasn't a thing you could turn right, off. It wasn't an option. Yeah. Um, so I I couldn't let anyone die ever. So if anyone died on a mission, I immediately turned my Game Boy off <laughs> and then turned it back on and tried again. Every single time. <laughs> Classic. That's awesome. So if I play, if I ever play Fire Emblem Three Houses, I'm playing Permadeath on. So that has to be on for some reason. And if someone dies, I'm restarting the mission immediately. <laughs> I'm not gonna keep going. I've always thought it'd be kind of fun to play through Fire Emblem and just see how it goes if I let people die. But I couldn't bring myself to do that. Just right. couldn't. 
I think I do fall under the I I can't bring myself to do save states. Um I've done it before, but I think now I I don't know. I kind of like the difficulty of not using a save state and the frustration of losing. <laughs> <laughs> to me it just depends on where you use the save state. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It I depends mean... on the game, too. Like, if I was playing something like uh, Super Mario World on an emulator, I'd probably use a save state, like, after each level I finish. Because in the original one, I don't think... You, if I remember right, you can't save... Um, you can only save when you beat a castle, I think, right? Uh, Super Mario Brothers? I don't Super know you... Mario World. Oh, World. Yeah, after a castle. Yeah. Actually, now that I think about it, I just played when all the Super Nintendo games came to the Switch. That's how I, I played through Super Mario World, and that's how I did it. I just I just did a save state after each level, so I could just come back to it and not be like, oh, I gotta play these levels I already beat, kind of thing. Here, so here's like, what Mario, I... Mario, I would do that. But for, like, the RPGs or something, if there was a really hard boss, I would, I'd probably do, like, a save state before I started the boss. Like, I'd get to it and then save state, and then do the boss. Then I'd, ha I'd tell myself, I have to do the whole fight without save states. And then if I die, I just go to the beginning kind of a thing. Something I did do as a kid that I can equate to a save state, so I would feel more comfortable using a save state in this position, is when I was right before like a really hard thing in a game and then my mom said I had to go to bed. And so yeah. I would pause the game and leave the TV or leave the, the console on all night. So <laughs> turn the TV off. <laughs> yeah, turn the TV off. So when I woke up in the morning, I could continue my playthrough. So if I can equate it to turning the console or leaving the console on and turning the TV off, I will use a safe state. Yeah, that's essentially how I use them too, honestly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have any more weird ones? I generally don't. I generally try to play games in their pure form. But yeah. I break those rules a lot of the times. And like some games like The Sims back in the day... It was only fun to me with cheats. Right. And so, like, I think mm -hmm. that there are a lot of games where, like, the cheating is what makes it fun. Yeah. I feel I... like it's hard to, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can ever play Age of Empires without cheats, just because that's how I always played it. <laughs> yeah. So playing it, trying to play it without cheats would feel, like, just so slow, you know? <laughs> One yeah. one thing I do th think that kind of makes me not want to cheat as much is achievements. Because a lot of stuff is tied to the achievement. And so, like, for instance, some games you play on easy difficulty and don't unlock the achievement for beating the game. Or you get both easy and normal for beating the normal version. Right. And or like in some games, if you use mods, it disables 
the achievements in the game. And so that kind of makes me not want to use mods because I'm like, well, I want to get the achievement. That's all. Yeah. Well, and achievements make a single player game a little less single player because it like keeps stats on how many people have that achievement. And so it's like, I want to feel like I really earned it. Unless again, I feel like it's just a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Do we run out of things to say? Yeah. I'm, I keep trying to think like there's <laughs> got to be like rules or like things I do in games that are like unique, but I can't, I can't really think of anything. I think we've covered it. Yeah, either. Wow. Only thing I could think of that's tangentially related at all is board games i have to wipe down the table every time that's it i have to get a wet paper towel at least and wipe the table down so the board isn't <laughs> sitting on like something sticky from breakfast that morning or something you know that's a great ritual um uh, i do you have more because i have the perfect end to this discussion when you're I'm ready done. no go for it go right. for it i while looking for the uh end of the easy screen for teenage mutant ninja turtles 4 i came across this game facts guide and i would like to read the intro to you of what it says hello there <laughs> i can't i can't read it without laughing so i ruined the <laughs> delivery but i'm still gonna read it hello there try again That's not, all, right, all right hello there i am fart man and this is my first <laughs> this is my first walkthrough i hope it helps you that's and all that's that's gaming in a nutshell right there <laughs> uh such Shout a, out to fart man such Help a juvenile thing but it makes me laugh Thank you for all your help over the years, Fartman, and all the <laughs> others like you. Uh. It's ironic considering the Twitter user's username about the cheating thing. You remind yeah. everyone it was Fetus Berry. Fetus <laughs> I'm not going to read his full <laughs> name because it has other words in there that I don't care to read. <laughs> And that that's an episode right there. Usernames. Gamer tags, yep. yeah. I've actually been wanting to talk to you guys about that. <laughs> um, do we have, do we have time for a segment? What do you guys think? Uh, well what sure. what are we at in record uh, time right now? One minute probably only like two hours. <laughs> Not one minute, one hour fifty one minutes. Speaking of video games, not respecting your time. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is, so, it, is it okay to listen to podcasts at times two speed? Are you cheating yes, yourself? Please, please listen to this at times two speed. <laughs> Cheated not only the podcast, but yourself. <laughs> I don't know. Is is the segment specific to this topic? Or it what, is specific what is, to this topic. 
Okay, well, I feel like we have to do it then. Let's go. All right. (laughs) We are now entering. This doesn't make sense to enter this. The Konami Code Quiz. Okay, here we go. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Should we? So I was thinking we could do this, but it might be a huge waste of time. In order to buzz in, you have to say up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA start. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that seems like a waste of time. (laughs) All right. So. I don't know. I can say that pretty fast, I bet. (laughs) Uh, In order to buzz in, just say your name. Or you can just say up, up, down, down. All right. Just say start. 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 Yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever starts making noises first. So I'm going to say the name of a game and maybe give a little bit of preamble, but you must tell me what inputting the Konami code, uh, famous for games like Contra giving you 30 lives or Gradius for giving you the power-ups... Uh, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA start, if you didn't know. Uh, but there have been numerous uses of this in many Konami games, but also with its legacy in many non-Konami games. So I'm going to read you the name of a game, and you must tell me what inputting the Konami code in it does. And I'll give you, it is multiple choice, so there are three options. Okay. Um, and you may say start while I'm reading the options, but if you do, I will stop and you must answer. Perfect. All right, we're going to start with one we talked about before. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time. If you enter this code on the title screen with controller 2, do you either... Unlock a stage select mode in the options menu. Unlock a uh, selection to give you 10 lives in the options menu. Or do you unlock Master Splinter as a playable character? <laughs> Pop down, down, left, left, right, BA start. <laughs> Curtis. I'm going to say extra lives. Curtis, you have gotten one point. Oh, okay. Man, but playable splinter is the one it should be. I no, that is the one it should be. I agree. I do agree as well. All right. We are going to go with plants versus zombies. Crazy Dave mentions that if you use up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right as a method of beating the final boss, Dr. Zomboss, uh, that you can do it by doing that, what actually happens? Is it A, Dr. Zomboss approaches even faster and has double the health? B, Dr. Zomboss is actually defeated and the credits play as normal until the end when you're given the message, now try beating the game without cheating. Or is it C, a quiet popping sound plays? (laughs) 
Anyone? Anyone gonna even guess? Start. All right, Paul. What do you got? <laughs> I think it's just knowing what I know of the humor. I'm just gonna guess the popping sound. It is the popping sound. Yes. <laughs> uh, that is specifically in the Windows version, by the way. I was gonna say, like, I should have mentioned on, that. Is that on touchscreens? How would you even do it? Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny, though. Yeah, nothing Pretty else funny. happens but the sound. the popping sound. All okay. right. Uh, we're gonna go with Little Big Planet Two. Interesting. Okay. In the level called "Set the Controls for the Heart of the Negativitron," there's a <laughs> an arcade machine in the level. Uh, if you go to the arcade machine and enter the Konami code, which of these three things happens? Uh, you unlock a playable 8-bit version of the level. The numbers 37335683 appear. Or you unlock the special joystick costume. Anybody venture a guess? Start. I'll, I'll guess. All right, Curtis. Guessing it's the numbers. Yeah, that one's too specific. Where it kind of seems gonna, a little more obvious. <laughs> I was going to say, if you made that up, Ryan, kudos to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, the machine explodes and those numbers appear. Which on, if you convert it to uh, mobile numbers... It spells out free love. <laughs> what the crap? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, little big planet. All right, maybe I didn't do a good job of making these hard. But we'll find out in the next question. <laughs> <laughs> With the game Crash Bandicoot Warped for PlayStation. If you enter the Konami code, a variation of it, kind of, on the title screen, which of these three things happen? A voice yells out, Warped! You access a demo for the game Spyro the Dragon, or... You unlock a stretchable Crash Bandicoot face similar to Mario in Mario 64. Again, the fact that you made up two of these is quite impressive. Thank you. We'll see. Unless you immediately get it. <laughs> All right. Curtis, I think I heard you say start. Okay, yeah. It's the voice saying warped. All right, that is incorrect. Oh, does so that not wait. happen in the game at some point, though? Do that I get a chance so familiar to steal? To me. Uh, yes, before, you, before we reveal all of our secrets, Curtis, we will have Paul get a chance to steal. I feel like I remember something about the stretchable face. That's my guess. 
You're incorrect, Paul. You get Uh, a a secret demo demo for Spyro the Dragon. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Current score. Curtis with two, Paul with one. We have three games left. So it's still anyone's game. Uh... Let's go with Rocket League. Entering the Konami code on the title screen does one of these three things. You unlock the code wheels, which feature arrows on them. You activate an older title screen with a different song or a ball flies into the goal on the title screen. Wow. All right. All right, Paul. Some timid guessers, I must say. I'm going to go with goal. All right, Paul. That is incorrect. Oh, are you serious? Dang it. <laughs> Dang, that's really... You're really good at making these up. Thank you. Was, okay, yeah. I I didn't think so when you guys got the first three right immediately. <laughs> Alright, Curtis, you gonna steal? Yeah, I'm just trying to think of which one it is. I'm gonna say it's the... Ah, no. I'm going to say it's the older title screen with the older song. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Let's that go is that. correct. Ooh. It is all... It's, uh, it is from the previous iteration, Supersonic Acrobatic right. Rocket Powered Battle Cars. That's cool. That's cool. Although the wheels would be cool too. I wish it was the wheels. Yeah, <laughs> I can right. do it right now. I feel like I would have seen someone with those wheels. Yeah. Yeah. See, That's if it I had been that, yeah, it would have been much more like how to get the code wheels. Yeah. 100%. All right. There are two more leaving. Paul, you have a chance to tie with Curtis. Tie. Okay. I got if it. that happens, I will invent a, <laughs> a tiebreaker. <laughs> All right, we're going to go with uh, Tetris Effect. Okay. So, entering the code at the launch screen enables a second screen, allowing you to input a second code. Uh, Which of these codes... I don't know how to... So you... What is... I'll I'll just tell you the three things I got written down. I don't know how to phrase this. So you can either... (laughs) So you enter the Konami code and then you have a prompt to enter a second code. Is it either... Do you either enter the code 06061984 uh, to unlock the 1984 level? Do you input the number one zero one zero one zero one zero to unlock a secret mode that gives you an infinite zone meter? 
Or do you input the code, the father of Tetris, which brings up a picture of Alexei Pajitnov, I can't pronounce his last name, Pajitnov, I want to say, but the, uh, the inventor of Tetris, the creator, I guess, is the better way to say that. Start. All right, Paul. Infinite Zone. That is incorrect. Dang it! <laughs> oh, no. That's such specific vocabulary to the game, I thought maybe. <laughs> <laughs> is it the... I'm going to guess the... Uh, yeah, let's guess the 1984 one. All right, you are the winner, Curtis. Uh, All right. Was, yeah. So... Uh, it is... I just wanted to be that one. I feel like the picture of the... I don't remember his name, but... I feel like I the picture of the Sounds founder probable. is more of like a an old game Easter egg type of thing. Yeah, for sure. But maybe they would have done it because, you know, it is an old game. Uh, so yes, 0606-1984 is the... Uh, date that Tetris or Tetris was created June 6th, 1984. That's cool. I tried to throw you guys off with that one zero one zero one zero one zero because it's ten ten ten, which is technically a Tetris. Where you got well, nice, lines yeah. of ten, four lines of ten. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think that hard about it. (laughs) (laughs) No one should have. (laughs) All right. I'm going to give you the last one just for for fun. Yeah, for fun, yeah. Silent Hill 3. After beating the game once and entering the code in the title screen, which of the following three things happen? Uh, it makes all firearms in the game resemble different water pistols or squirt guns for the, the layman. Uh, it causes one of the characters, Douglas Cartland, to appear in his underwear in each cutscene. Or it displays the message, why would you think that would work just because you beat the game? <laughs> Start. All right, Curtis. Water pistols. That is incorrect. Oh, uh, I was going to say it's a reference to Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. See, now, now I thought about it too hard. Yeah, I didn't think about that one too hard. <laughs> Do you have a guess, Paul? Well, let's guess the why did you think that would work? That was also incorrect. Wow. <laughs> oh, nice. It causes supporting character Douglas Cartland to appear in his underwear in each cutscene. What a what a reward. <laughs> what a reward. What every gamer wants. Uh, final score, Curtis four, Paul one. Man, at least I got one. I, I knew going you. into this. I knew as soon as you explained the game that I would not do well. I <laughs> I know nothing about the Konami code and like what it does and anything like I I did try to pick games that 
no one really knew about. Like, I didn't know right. you could even do it in Rocket League. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Every I'm really year. surprised I have not seen that. Yeah. Because I was really into Rocket League and looking at a lot of content for a long time. I'm very surprised it didn't pop up at any point. So what I'm saying is the internet has failed me yet again. Yeah. And some of maybe it's like newer. Oh, man, maybe. Because this list does mention... It says Rocket League, parentheses, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, Epic Games. I think when you were in the height of Rocket League, it was before it was on Nintendo Switch and before it was on Epic Games. Yeah. When you said that one, I thought it was going to be like... uh... It's like something they patched in. So it was going to be like Rocket League version 1.0 title screen. I expect it to be like the rocket-powered soccer cars or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe it is because it does say it's based on the supersonic acrobatic rocket-powered battle cars. But I felt like if I <laughs> said that title, you would immediately guess that one. Yeah, I would have. Just like when I read three seven three three five six eight three. We love that one's really random. Like, is that just like someone like someone did that on their own? It sounds like, like it to me. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a team decided thing. That seems like an individual developer was like, I think this is funny. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> If people don't it also do this, seems they like cheated. the kind of company that like someone would have done that. And like, hey boss, look what I did. And boss would have been like, nice. Leave that in there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Little Big Planet seems very random at times. That's true. Well, that's all I got. We did it. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for coming. I would just like to say, as parting words, if you listen to this podcast at two times speed, just remember, cheated not only the podcast but yourself. <laughs> didn't grow. You didn't improve. You took a shortcut and gained nothing. You experienced a hollow victory. Nothing was risked and nothing was gained. It's sad that you don't know the difference. Thank you for coming to see James. <laughs> It was either that or hello, I'm Fart Man. And this is my first walkthrough. Hello, I'm Fart Man. <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello, this is Chance Time. This is our first podcast. <laughs> All right, should we end this, I guess? <laughs> Thank you, Mike Struckerberg. Thank you, Fart Man. Thanks Fart for coming, everybody. Thanks for coming. Thank James. you, Petersberry. <laughs> All right, bye.